0: Yo, what's up? It's your girl T. Father Longlegs. You're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. This is the quarantine edition. What does that mean? Um, It means that this intro is recorded in quarantine. Uh, Sorry, I had to pause for a second because I just realized this episode was actually very presciently recorded right before the pandemic via Skype. Um, I have a guest who is international, first-time international guest on this pod but we actually did this before we were required to do this via video so um, I guess, you know, manifested it a little bit um, No, but I'm really excited about this guest because we are friends on Twitter and um, he's really talented and awesome he's a, uh, he's a writer, cartoonist, graphic novelist You'll listen and you'll hear all about it um, My energy is very low because I have been sick for the last 10 days But don't worry about me. I did find out I don't have coronavirus, so that's good. But I am still sick, so that's not good. But more than likely, I will recover. It's just really having a hard time with it. Um, But all that being said, I just want to make a couple quick announcements. Um, I know things have been tough and kind of you know, just really all over the place lately for everyone in the world. Um, It's been nice to see people come together, but it is also tough to stay positive. So in light of that, I want to do a special episode with all of your good confessions. So if you have a good confession, you guys know what that is. You listen to the pod. Something nice, something positive you're looking forward to, a humble brag, truly anything. Keep it under five minutes send it to me, tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com, um, best format is an audio clip as a mp3 is perfect, dot wave, we must, they're just a little bit bigger, um, <coughs> you can record this on your iPhone notes, I'm sorry I just cleared my throat, I'm not cutting that out, look, this is just true and authentic recording from my room, which I have not left for weeks. Very fun. Okay, submit your good confessions. I'd love to hear it. I hope you guys would too. Just ways to stay positive. Or if you don't have anything positive, I mean, I imagine you can think of something, but if you really want to submit and you're like, there's just nothing I can think of, just why don't you give us a tip of something that, um, a way to stay positive. Or truly, the whole idea is just these are good things. So if, if it has to be like something you're watching that you love, I don't know. You guys figure it out. It's not very strict. The idea is I want to put together an episode from all of your confidant good confessions. So let's see if it works. Send it to me, Um, you know, email me. And uh, speaking of email, you can also join the confidant newsletter, the super confidant newsletter, I should say, paypal.me slash you can tell me anything. Uh, Reminder, send $5 or more before the 5th of the month, so the next one's April 5th, and you'll be included on the newsletter, which includes video blog from me, private confession, that only goes to the super confidants, um, usually some photos, some write-ups, I s- maybe I'll share poems. I don't know. I'm really, really stingy about sharing my poems. There's probably like two people I've sent them to um, ever in my life. Um, but I might send them to you guys if I feel like. It. So, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But you'll get some exclusive content as well as crazy stories. Some crazy stuff happened this week and month, which I can tell you, but I won't tell you now here on the spot. Wow, I'm rambling. Okay, final announcement. Um, This is pretty much our two-year anniversary. We're not doing anything special for it because, obviously, we can't. No live shows. Um, But I don't know. I just felt like I should say that. It's exciting. I'm excited. Cool. Um, And in lieu of not doing live shows, I am hosting Comedy Quarantine. What is that? It's a live comedy show, live stream on Instagram. None of us are getting together in person. It's all via Instagram. We just loop people on from quarantine um that's gonna be on instagram live at comedy quarantine monday through fridays at 7pm pacific i co-host with babs gray so if i'm not the host i'm definitely in the audience lurking so i'll be basically doing that until we get out of here okay guys enjoy this episode i gotta stop talking i'm losing my voice enjoy bye Teresa, Father Longlegs. You're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. Um, This is the podcast where comedians confess something they've never told anyone before. Except today we have a special twist. Um, This is, I I guess he is a comedian because he's very funny and that's how I found him on Twitter. Um, But he is actually a comic book writer, a graphic novel. I'll let him say what his title is. I feel like I'm butchering it. But we met on Twitter, very funny um, and a confidant. And I was like, you gotta come on the pod. It's Ryan Estrada. What's up?
1: hello yeah i'm a cartoonist i do actually do stand-up comedy here do in uh, south really? korea that's
0: so yeah, cool i'm not
1: saying i'm good at it but i i do it
0: do you do it uh, in english also is this camera yeah. we're also for the listeners um this is there's so many contraptions on my desk there's like two microphones an ipad and my computer and a zoom recorder so i feel like like one of those like the guy in jurassic park with all the computers um you do stand-up and do you do it in english
1: yeah, I do it in English. There's a bunch of open mics here, of different kinds of things. And I, I kind of test material out before I make it into comics. Um, just, oh, that's you know, so it's cool. a lots of, there's lots of opportunities here to try stuff on stage. And like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm a professional comedian, but I do tell jokes on stage.
0: That's awesome. Um, I And you have a comic book that's coming out in May. Uh, we, if you guys want to Um, know the exact day. I think there's been some delay because of the coronavirus, but it's called Band Book Club, and you wrote it with your wife. And it should be out soon, right? Around May, but look it up if you guys want the details on it.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, May 6th. It's a graphic novel my uh, wife and I co-wrote about her time fighting fascists in 1980s Korea.
0: That's so wild. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's interesting that we can take stories from like the 80s, and it'll still feel so relevant right now. I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing that we're, fascism is back in style, but it does feel like it's super relevant to be telling those stories right now.
1: It's back in, baby.
0: <laughs> Everything Everybody's comes back excited around. excited about fascism. Oh, no, even racism. Um, so how long have you lived in South Korea?
1: I first came in 2002, but I've come and gone a lot since then. I moved to a new country every year for about a decade, but wow, uh, my, my wife and I have been here about seven years at this point uh this trip
0: that's so cool i I have so many questions for you because this is the first time we've actually talked but before we get too into it i do like to start with a good confession Um, just to start Mm -hmm. on a positive note is there something good you'd like to confess
1: yeah um so a long time ago i used to do this youtube series uh and i called uh expeditions and i'd go off people give me missions and i go solve them around the world and I did a lot of like good deed kind of videos back then mm-hmm. where I'd like do something nice for someone and like years later as I'd see other people doing videos I f- started to feel like really weird about it. <laughs> like the whole thing where you like just approach someone without asking and do something nice for them and like they oh, you know okay. they can't really decline or they look like jerks and like This is like it the early days weird.
0: of YouTube.
1: Yeah, very early days of YouTube. But people are still doing it now like you know like not that's not what I did but like you walk up to a homeless person with a camera and give them some money and like it's yeah. it's just weird. So I've always felt weird about doing that. So, I I mean, I've done this a few times. I remember one time that I was just like, you know what, since I did all that, today I'm just going to do something really nice for some people and never tell anyone, not videotape it, just Mm -hmm. because I want to. So uh, I was at a train station and I went to the fast food restaurant and I ordered like, uh, I think it was like 30 combo meals. Oh wow and it was it was early in the morning, and there were uh like homeless people sleeping all over the subway, and so I didn't want to wake them, so I just went around like I had thirty of them, I found as many people as I could, and just set them next to them so when they wake up, they'd wake up to like coffee and Aww. and food and everything and I got to the end of the subway line and I started walking back, and I noticed that the meals were already gone, and I'm happy, <laughs> but I realized everybody's still sleeping, oh. so I'm confused, and then I see this one homeless dude running down the hallway with 30 bags of, oh of uh fast food, going, hee, 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 really excited. So um I never told anyone about it because I, I, uh you know, th- that wasn't the point of it. But, and none of the people I did it for knew, but I know that I did it. <laughs> and so that's my good confession.
0: That's a great confession. Wait, so then one guy got all of them, but he was still hungry, he, so he's sharing. He, yeah, he'll he was happy.
1: He... I made that guy happy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, it's always like, it sounds so silly, but like I yeah, because sometimes when you want to give out stuff to homeless people, like I because I've done it with groups and then also without, and it helps to go with the group because I think sometimes they have like a rhythm and like a um like they know where to go and they have relationships with the um people on the street. And but one time when I was living in New York, very young, like right out of college, I remember my production company I was working at, they were just getting rid of a ton of stuff for the holidays and like I was like the last one there and I was just like there's all these things like blankets and jackets it's like oh I'll just give them away to homeless people but it took me so long because I realized I just didn't know where to go and so I was walking around trying to give it to people and then there were people who maybe looked homeless but I didn't want to assume and it was a lot of that where I was like wow this was also before I did comedy now I feel like this could be a funny bit I mean more about myself and less about you know, the people, but just me trying to do a good thing. And then realizing like, I should probably have researched this. It's not, you can't just go out and like hand out essentially what was junk. I mean, it was like, you know, it was nice, but basically I thought, Oh, I'll just give it to someone like, no, it's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then, So from then on, I've, whenever I've tried to go, I'm like, okay, let me look up a group. Cause I'm pretty incompetent at this passing out things. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very fine line. You got to walk when you're doing stuff like that. Cause you don't like, you know, you, you don't want to like make it about yourself and like, mm-hmm. you know, expect something from them and like expect a certain reaction. Yeah, If you want to do something for someone, you really just got to do it. And like I said, that's why I felt so weird about those videos. Like I watch videos now and be like, Oh, that guy's a jerk. And then I'm like, my videos were so much worse than that.
0: <laughs> well, you didn't know I'm mean, his learning experience. I think is, mm-hmm. you kind of had the your heart in the right place. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that you're right. What you said about um, like doing it for not for yourself, because like it's hard to discern that because I think doing a good deed is still a good deed. And I'm sure it has positive value. But, um, yeah, is it, I think someone on this pod has talked about it before. I can't remember who, but the idea of like giving a dollar, but then like not wanting to touch the person you're giving it to, Mm
1: -hmm. that's
0: sort of like the mentality of a lot of, um, philanthropy in like the wealthy communities, um, where they're like, oh, I'm giving, but I'm better than you. So I think there's a difference between that and just being like, oh, I want to help. And I have the time and resources right now.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just like, you know, and it's not like there's some global, like, like, um, uh karma you need to like have the exact right intentions to do something it's just make sure you're not creating <laughs> yeah. some kind of pressure like you wouldn't go up to any other stranger with a camera before asking and put them in your youtube video uh, so you why are you doing me. it no, for I'm a person <laughs> that uh you know yeah that, you know that can't say no because you're giving them something that they need
0: do you watch have you watched the good place not to make this a tv podcast but they do talk they do have uh, they address that very thing where People mm-hmm. do good deeds for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, you guys can... I'm sure it's a well-known show. They don't need my publicity. Um, well, you listen to this pod, so you know that I like to talk about therapy. Um, but I know it's... I mean, you're in South Korea. You travel a lot. So how do you sort of stay like up to date with mental health? Like how do you, you know, make sure that you're feeling good and all that? What's your relationship with therapy and that whole realm?
1: Yeah, i I have like the the weird thing about my brain chemistry is that I am just always excited about everything. I (laughs) I have like whatever the opposite of depression is, um, in just a way that like I can be in a horrible situation and just be like super into it. So like, like not um, just
0: neutral and calm, but like finding the positive. So you're literally like an optimist about situations.
1: Yeah. Like I've, I've been in situations where I've like, been in horrible danger being like near being eaten by lions being what? thrown out of a train being like all the situations and i'm like i'm just excited about like am i gonna make a comic about it am i gonna tell a story <laughs> on a podcast or am I, like it's i'm into it so i you know and it's it's something that's just always how my brain has worked mm-hmm. and um so i i don't know what caused it i don't know why i'm like that <laughs> uh mostly it's just i think because i'm a storyteller like, that's just what I'm so obsessed with. That's what I, I think about. And so just the negative aspects of a situation just never really occur to me. Hmm. And I'm just always super happy.
0: That's really interesting because, well, I mean, I do have follow-up questions. But the first thing I thought of was it's negative isn't... I mean, having... There are negative emotions that come with things, obviously, and then there's also just like not processing. But I think the whole range of emotions is valid. So what's interesting mm-hmm. to me there is it's almost like, is it a conscious decision to, or at some point did you make a subconscious decision to be happy because you didn't want to feel the bad stuff, or since you've you know known you've always sort of just naturally reacted in a positive way?
1: I think I've always just reacted in a positive way, and and I, I'm not saying that's. Uh, a good thing like there are situations <laughs> that like uh where i like i said i was in mortal danger and a little bit of fear and dread might have saved my life if i wait you know, were
0: you really chased w- by lions Was
1: that an uh, example? i was um i was lost in the masai mara which is like uh, where the lion king took place basically but the other side uh-huh. of the border and uh i didn't know That it was a protected wildlife reserve, you weren't supposed to go into, and I just went wandering around, and uh, I I didn't see I saw the lions later, but when I was there, I found out later from zoologists that I had I had been like chilling out where lions had just killed some animals. So
0: wow, well, so then they weren't hungry because they just killed, so that's good. Well, I, I want to learn a little bit more. I mean, because I, you typically um, a, a lot of the people I have on, I've like talked to before and I know them. So I just like for me and also the listeners, you have such an interesting life and you travel. Obviously, you have um, a lot of you tell a lot of stories. You've written comic books. What kind of give me like a little bit of the summary of like what got you into comics? I mean, you, you like comedy because you do stand up is, is what drew you to that sort of art form?
1: uh i guess just since before i can make memories i have wanted to be a cartoonist i was i was pitching to newspapers when i was five years old oh wow um straight up like putting the other pitch packets <laughs> really um,
0: where did you grow yep. up
1: i grew up in michigan
0: okay what was your favorite um uh cartoon growing up or back
1: then it comics. was it was garfield
0: okay yeah i love a garfield yeah i had fun. the the little books you know and then they had the shiny covers i remember this
1: oh yeah i had a, I had a whole bookshelf I had all of them and the different reprints and I had a whole like basically a shrine uh-huh. to Garfield when I was that young <laughs> um and like the first comic I got published I actually uh finally got published when I was fifteen. I didn't get the job when I was six, but I kept bugging them <laughs> they hired me when I was fifteen and uh i the comic I did was about an orange cat who's too lazy to chase mice so the <laughs> it it you know, my influences were, were very visible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just kept, uh, doing that and loved it. And then eventually I just started traveling cause I realized I, I could live wherever I wanted and I just go to wherever seemed to cool, have adventures and then make comics about them.
0: That's so cool. Did you know my first, I don't know if I've said this on the pub, but my first play slash, yeah, I guess it's was the first play I ever wrote was in second grade about a cat who gets a job. It was called cat needs a job. But there's a cat in it. I don't right. think he was orange, but something about cats, man. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, are you going to produce it now? You still have it around somewhere?
0: <laughs> it probably exists somewhere. I, I, there's really not much to it. A uh, cat goes around, looks for a job. It follows that childhood formula where it's like, there's a mission. He tries in these places. He fails and then gets it. But there's a witch and then you have to kill the witch. And that was kind of it.
1: I think you should produce it without a single cut.
0: Should I do Just that? Just exactly okay. as written. Do it. Maybe I'll do a, um, a dra- dramatized version uh, and mm-hmm. have it read on the pod. That would be fun. <laughs> nice.
1: Um,
0: that's so cool. I mean, that's really astounding. I mean, you must know that, like that most people don't get their first comic published that young and you always had this ambition and drive. So has your life always been sort of like you knew exactly what you wanted to do?
1: Uh, basically, I mean, I didn't know that I wanted to travel until that started. Like the dream was always, uh, go and work in LA, uh, work for Disney or something like that. And then, uh, I just started traveling because everyone got laid off in the animation mm-hmm. industry when I graduated. So I just started traveling just to, you know, have a job. And I'm like, wait, I like this so much better and I can just make comics on my own and not have to like work for a big company and, uh, you know, answer to other people. I can get stuff done on my own, get it done fast and live wherever I want. And I was living the light kind of life where I could just like watch a YouTube video about sloths and be like, yep, moving to Panama, moving to Costa Rica. And yeah, so that's just what, you know, that kind of changed at that point when I realized that, um, and so now I'm just a world traveling cartoonist
0: that you have that's the coolest life I mean it really you're right there is nothing negative to be thought about that. It seems like you're achieving the dream so that is very cool um what so you always like to travel um I'm trying to get a sense of like your mindset and worldview. So I, I'm really, in- I love traveling and like seeing the world. But sometimes when I travel, for me, it's like about escaping something. But you seem to find your home in all these places. But at the same time, you know, there's like a expiration date because the way you talk about it, you're like, I, I, you know, I stay here for like 10 years and then I move. Is there like in your mind um, a way that you would settle down or is your life sort of always on the go? Like you don't want to be in one place.
1: Well, I I have kind of settled down here in Korea now. Like I said, that was about a decade that I did that, Mm. um, a new country every year. And now uh, since I've been married, my wife and I have been living in Busan, Mm -hmm. which I just really like it here because there's a really nice art community, lots of uh, artists that I've collaborated with. And so I've kind of settled down here a bit. We don't know, you know, eventually it'd be nice to go back home to the US for a little bit. We don't really know everything the future holds, but I am, I am pretty settled down now. I'm not just going to suddenly go to somewhere I saw on a YouTube video <laughs> at this point. But, gotcha. I think I
0: misunderstood uh, you said 10 years. I think I thought you meant like every, or you like move every 10 years or something, but now that makes a lot no, more sense was, that you yeah, did it, it was every year. year for 10 years. Okay. Or for, yeah, gotcha. That makes more sense. And, and you and her work together a lot, right? So did you guys um, meet through making comics or was that a collaboration that came about later?
1: Um yeah I mean we met through just a group of friends here in Korea that did like art exhibitions. Uh my wife wasn't really uh didn't consider herself an artist and just kind of uh got peer pressured constantly into making <laughs> art for things. And so uh now that we're together it's it's still me peer pressuring her into making things and mm-hmm. like the the book we wrote together um came about just because she had this story that I didn't even know about until I'd known her for over a de- decade, and she just casually mentioned it. <laughs> it as It was a thing I'd always known, and I'm like, wait, wait, you were interrogated by the KCIA? What, why? Mm-hmm. And then uh, it just became a book. So uh, we co-wrote it together.
0: That's so cool. Uh, well, speaking of... Mm, there's no good transition here, but Ryan, is there anything you would like to tell me?
1: Yes. Uh, so I have a story for you okay uh the first this first part isn't really uh the confession but it's important to know because it, like i i had never been on a date or so much as like kissed anyone until i was 26 years old
0: oh wow okay
1: um because you no were always particular...
0: traveling you were like gone before they were like i'll see you tomorrow mm-hmm. and you're like well i'm moving to africa tomorrow
1: <laughs> no. yeah it was just like it yeah as i was a kid like it is just i was always obsessed with making comics and like getting uh-huh perfect attendance, straight A's, never thought about it. But then later, like, as I became an adult and started traveling, it was just more about, like, I, you know, I pictured, like, the, the movie love, the mm-hmm. thing you see in movies that's, like, it's a very different type of, of relationship than ever exists in real life. It's, like, that, like, will they, won't they thing mm-hmm. where it's, like, nobody knows what it is and they don't talk <laughs> about their feelings until, like, that one moment when it all comes out in this big grand gesture, yeah. And everything's perfect. And so like in my mind that's what love was and that's what I was looking for.
0: Um what were your touchstones for the romance movies? I mean like there's so many. I know I know what you mean in broad terms, but were th- were th- were there specific moments or stories that stood out to you?
1: Yeah, like for me the the big thing was like in um like the, the big scenes in a movie where like uh I can't even remember any specific examples in movies, but like for example, in the friends mm-hmm. finale, I know that was a big thing where like oh, okay. someone yes. has been like, people are afraid to talk about the relationship and someone <laughs> after some big blow up, someone's on a plane and getting ready to leave mm. and ne- never see them again. But then in one moment they're like, I, I, I have to get off the plane. I'm getting off the plane because I'm in love and they run off and uh-huh. everybody applauds. That was like the thing that I saw in my mind. Okay. Yes. And I eventually found out that that is bullshit that's not a real thing and there's a reason that that always happens at the end of the movie it's because what happens next is uh the the guy gets uh you know suspected of terrorism and detained at the airport and actually shuts down a bunch of flights and uh and it's uh the reason that i know that is because what my actual confession is is that i was the guy that got off the plane
0: wow okay
1: so uh so, so you yeah you stopped
0: a plane for love.
1: Yes, I'm I got off a plane for love. So um basically this happened uh in India. Okay. And How old were you been,
0: when this happened?
1: This is when I was 26. Okay. So you this still had never girl. kissed a girl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this was the first girl I ever kissed and it was like someone that I, uh, a coworker at the the I was teaching at a call center at that point and mm-hmm. it was just this kind of this like very like in the movies we don't know quite know what this is and just kind of talking a lot and holding hands and going on trips Uh together and um you know I I was just a nerd who had never kissed anyone and you know her her parents wanted her to have an arranged marriage so it was we really didn't know what the future of this was or what it was and then this went on for a while until it was getting close to the end of my contract in India Mm -hmm. and I'm getting ready to leave and We're still, we still haven't really talked about what is this and where is it going? And then one day she just says like, you know, I wish there was a place we could be together and no one would judge us and, you know, we could do whatever we wanted. And so I just said, you know, we could do that. You could come with me.
0: Wow. What a line. You you had lines.
1: (laughs) Which is like, we've never even said we're in a relationship, but all of a sudden I'm saying like, move across the country with me. But she said, yes. She agreed to to do this, um, and so the we we figured out that it was going to be kind of complicated. I would have to go first once my contract was up. She was going to have to apply for a visa. I was moving to Mexico, um, and I'd gotten this this big house there to make art, and she was going to a- apply for the visa and, and all that, get all that taken care of, and then come out and join me. And so uh, I went out first. And uh, I thought it was just going to be like a few weeks, but it ended up being like Uh months and months we were apart. And we were always, uh, you know, chatting online and talking and uh, it was just kind of hard being apart. And then one day she just goes, uh, you know, when I'm at work, I just picture finishing a call turning around and seeing you there like you always were and you're there holding a single rose and I'm like oh yeah that's that's so sweet that'd be just like the movies too bad I can't actually do that and immediately like I'm like I'm gonna do that because wow. that's what they would do in the movie right
0: so, yeah they would just get on a plane mm-hmm.
1: so uh I spent I like thousands of dollars. I had to go get a visa to India first and, like, I'd flight from Mexico to Chicago, stay a couple nights to get the visa, then fly, like, last-minute flight to India. And this and, was all surprise
0: um, from her? Like, you didn't tell yeah, her you were coming? Okay.
1: She didn't know any... I, I like, made up a story about how, like, they were working on my internet, so I wasn't going to be online for, like, the exact uh-huh. period of time my fl- flight was. And then I, like, flew there, and then within... I think forty-eight hours of her making that comment, she finished a call. She turned around, and there I was in India, what? holding a rose. And she goes, "Oh, you're here. Why?
0: Oh my god! Oh my god! No!" And so I'm she like, didn't you... have the reaction that yeah, you expected. She didn't. Um, and I'm like, you,
1: you told me to. She's like, I don't remember telling you to. <laughs> Gas but I, but but i'm at work now uh like this is supposed to be secret like nobody knows about this can i meet you after work
0: wait so there are people and who saw you and then they're like what's he doing and she's like i don't know who this person is
1: <laughs> well i mean they like you know they they all knew both of us and uh-huh. they were like probably incredibly suspicious but I was just like, yeah, I'm here for a, a business thing I gotta do. <laughs>
0: I just dropped by the, the Yeah, the we're for postmates. I have to deliver this to rose someone ordered. Yeah.
1: <laughs> mm. And Did so, you really have
0: a rose like you really like had the whole the whole shebang yeah. of the rose? Wow, wow, wow. Indeed, okay. I did. Wow, wow, wow. Very I impressive. Did.
1: And then uh the agreement was she would come uh meet me at the hotel when she had time. And Ouch, uh savage. Uh,
0: she was she wasn't even she wasn't even swept off her feet. She was just like, I got to finish no. my shift, my riveting yep. call center job.
1: Mm hmm. And so I went back and waited for a week.
0: What? In the hotel? I mean, wait, how did in you feel? Hotel. How did you feel in that moment? I mean, were you still like buying it that she was like, oh, I'll see you later? I mean, was there a pu- burst of yeah. a bubble? I mean, it's, it does seem like there was some illusion that may have been starting to yeah. shatter.
1: I mean, I. I I knew that, like, like the whole thing was it was a secret relationship. Like I said, it's, the culture is very different there. Like, we Mm -hmm. had to be very secretive when I was there. Like, no one's allowed to know. It's all about, like, arranged marriages Mm -hmm. and, like, no one's allowed to date before, you know, especially no one their parents know about. And Mm -hmm. so I I knew, like, I knew that she couldn't react in the way I wanted. But, like, it just, like, you know. I just did exactly what she said. I just acted out the fantasy and then like, oh yeah, this is how the reaction would go. And so I'm like, okay, I'll meet her. And she actually did like swing by there on the way home and just be like um like outside the hotel and just be like, "Okay, I got to go home and sleep. So I'll I'll message you when I have time." What? And then I just I just waited there and like I'd try and call her and it I'd either like She'd be like, "What do you? Why are you calling me now? You know, I work nights. I'm sleeping now, hmm. or like I'm with my family now. I can't talk, and so like, or sometimes it, it, she just wouldn't answer the phone. Did you and think like she I, was
0: giving you the runaround, or it was all just like a cultural fear?
1: Yeah, that's what like I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know how to <laughs> feel about it. Um I just like at first I'm just like, okay, I get it, and then it just it drove me more and more crazy. Just be like, especially. I had just flown in the country. I didn't have a, it's not like I had a cell phone or yeah. anything. I was just in this, and like I got in the first hotel I, I could, like nearby the, the call center. And like, there's no, like I just had their phone there. They're like, there's no windows in this place. It's like a smelly, gross place. Like <laughs> So like. Did you tell I,
0: anybody about this, by the way, like friends or anybody nope. try to stop you or you just completely nope. in your own head was like, I'm going to do this
1: just did it nobody knew no chance no
0: chance to tell you maybe you should no. not go okay
1: <laughs> no i mean my, my roommate i had a uh a, a roommate staying in one of the the rooms in the house in mexico that knew i was going because he was going to be still staying there but like um i mean you know i, I didn't really i doubt i gave all of the information <laughs> necessary just like i'm gonna go do a thing i'm gonna go see my girlfriend even mm. though we've never used the word girlfriend.
0: Wow. What's so um, insane. I mean, it's like so sweet, um, the fantasy of it. But what's f- like funny to me when I think about it is um, that you had to go through a lot of bureaucratic steps to make it happen, mm-hmm. like the visa and all. So it wasn't just like a, I, I would do this. And then you went, and it was like, I'm going to do this. Okay. And now here's 10 steps I have to do. <laughs> and throughout yep. the whole process, it was like, yep, yep. It's still going to keep this momentum and this energy. and. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's the it's the 20-minute montage they cut out of every rom-com. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yeah, waiting in line uh, at the embassy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, after this happens, basically, like, I can't leave that hotel room. Yeah. Because all I know is she's going to call me at some point. Oh, man. And I'm, I've been waiting for days. So I don't want to miss the call. So, like, I don't even have, like, there's not even Wi-Fi. Like, I can't use the internet. <laughs> I don't have a book to read. I'm just sitting in this hotel room and, like, once a day, like, I'll run across the street and get food and run back and, like, wow. hope I didn't miss a call while I was doing it and, like, just eat that food for the whole day. And I just, like, I went from, you know, when I was in Mexico, I was talking to her constantly. And now I'm a few blocks from the call center and I haven't seen her in a That's week. crazy. Wait, how and was she able to talk to, anyone. to
0: you so constantly there? Was Just all, all on Wi-Fi or?
1: Yeah. uh Actually, what I did was I figured out – I I was able to talk to her at work because I figured out how to hack uh, Citibank's um, <laughs> uh, firewall.
0: Okay, to get to her directly? Yeah, because
1: oh, wow. I'll t- t- do a quick digression. Uh, I was working, it was a Citibank call center <laughs> and all of the, you know, you can't use internet because everyone's social security number is there yeah. and like you could just send it. But I eventually I figured out while I was working there that Instead of blocking the whole internet, they just uh, blocked everything that doesn't begin with the letter C-I-T-I because they need to visit their own websites. Mm. So I registered C-I-T-I dot my own website. What? <laughs> and I made a little chat uh, thing. So hypothetically, we Wait, could have pulled made, off the hold world's on, you largest... You
0: made your own chat? Like you, you coded an app? Well, I mean, I just, like,
1: I just like... I just put like an existing like plug-in wow on the on a blank page this is so much effort,
0: effort
1: for <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: i mean j- just amazing i mean i didn't mm. know that this was possible the links i mean yep. you're really making me realize that the 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 kinds of nice things people have done for me are, are nowhere near nice in, in compare i'm mm-hmm. just like wow the standard has been ris- ra- raised the standard has been raised there you go. Mm-hmm. a website created a bank hacked just to talk to
1: there you go. I mean, it it was a very easy hack because they have very terrible <laughs> security. I mean, yeah, it like, doesn't
0: make me like, feel better, but I'm not a yeah. Citibank person, so that's okay. Yeah. But like so. I was saying, I,
1: we we could have pulled off the world's largest uh, financial scam at any point with that website, but we just flirted. That's um,
0: so wild. <laughs> but not Your so we did that so constantly
1: crazy. while yeah. I was there in Mexico. But now I don't have Wi-Fi, and I can't, you know. I, I was just not speaking to anyone at all. I'm not interacting with any human beings whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so after this went on for about a week, that's when I realized, Oh, Hey, wait a minute. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe this isn't a real thing. Maybe she doesn't really want me here. And so like, that's when I, like I tried to call her and I called and it rang and it rang and it rang and mm-hmm. I disconnected. I called again and I did that for like 10 minutes straight. And I'm like, I guess that's my sign wow i finally left the room i went to an internet cafe and i booked a ticket to go home
0: oh my god without even seeing her and she didn't give you like a don't talk to me she was just like just keep waiting
1: yeah yeah but like i like three days had passed i hadn't spoken to her at all and i'm like i guess i just gotta like i like i spent like i had saved up so much money for this trip i spent like (sighs) a quarter of it to fly here oh my god i was spending so much every day to stay there so I booked like – I spent another quarter for like a last-minute trip. You know, you know, flying out that day or to oh, the, somewhere that day to and from India is not cheap. Um, wow. So I, I booked it, and then when I went back to pack my stuff, the phone was ringing.
0: Oh, my God. It's like a movie.
1: <laughs> yep. That's when the fo- call finally came, and she's like, hey, I'm free now. You want to have some lunch?
0: What? Yep. That's wild.
1: And so – I'm like, all right, sure. And because I still had like uh, 10 hours for the flight or something. Oh my God. And so I went to lunch and like she was acting like there was like nothing had happened. She's just chatting like friendly, like talking about the latest call center gossip and everything that's been going on during the week.
0: Was she acting like nothing had happened, like the whole relationship, or just that she hadn't totally ghosted you for a week? But she's like, we're chummy again.
1: She was just acting like you were meeting a friend for oh, okay so for not lunch.
0: romantically but like yeah. friendly okay
1: Yeah not yeah not nothing romantic there I mean that's tend I mean especially in public that's what our relationship was gotcha. like you there you couldn't do any public display, displays of affection mm-hmm. um it'd be a big you know big drama uh but so we're just having a normal meal and all of a sudden it's my turn to talk and I just say by the way I I booked my flight home mm mm-hmm. Mhm And suddenly she was so upset and like, why would you do that without talking to me? I'm I'm like, I I, I haven't been able to talk to you. I've been calling you all week. And basically like it it came down to, she said, if you get on that plane, I'm not coming to Mexico. What? And you might never see me again. And I'm like, what? No, like, let's just forget this happened. Like, let's do the original plan. I'll go there. (laughs) Your visa should be coming soon. Right. And she didn't say anything. And I'm like, uh huh. You applied for the visa, right?
0: Uh, and
1: she's like, "No, I didn't apply for the visa." And I'm like, you didn't even apply for the visa, so I'm. That's when I realized, like, I gotta go. And I'm like, okay, well, anyway, yeah. I gotta go catch my flight.
0: What and What was your uh, in your mind, like your ideal situation of like showing up? Because it seemed like at this point you still thought down the road she's gonna come visit you. So this trip was like in the best case scenario what would have happened like you would have just saw her for a few days and went back home to mexico or what did you see the good version of this playing out as
1: i mean the ideal situation would be like i show up it's just like a movie i sweep her off her feet we walk out of the call center like in credit see well the thing is like i i know all there's so many romantic comedies that i'm referencing in my head but i realize i only know the simpsons parodies so like when when uh Homer carries Marge out of the the, uh-huh. the thing like that. And then... Uh, well, there's a call like,
0: center in uh, Slumdog Millionaire, but that was really epic because it's like over many years and then he goes on a game show. But like I, those are like some grand gesture stories where you're like, wow, mm-hmm. the love that never dies years later.
1: Yeah, yeah. and the, the hope was that, you know, the, the visa would be processed at any moment and uh-huh. I'd be there and she'd get it and we could leave back there together. Gotcha. That's what the hope was. Mm-hmm. but that didn't that didn't work out so so anyway that's when i i went and i got <laughs> on the plane
0: still holding then, the rose just like wilted and <laughs> yeah,
1: the i rose just imagine was long it like gone.
0: i imagine it like it's the beauty and the beast rose it's like in a glass case and you're like your time is running out and
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i gave i gave that to her and it was probably like in a call center <laughs> trash can so no oh, one no. asked her where the rose came so from sad. Who
0: knows?
1: um but is that like like I said, like that, that was the moment where I realized, oh, she's not actually into this. Mm-hmm. But then as I'm sitting on the airplane, like everyone's coming and sitting down, the doors are still open. And I'm like, is it though?
0: Oh no. <laughs> Cause
1: it's still like, I spent so much money. Like, am I like at, at, at lunch, she was so nice. Like, am I like, am I, mm. if I leave, am I like just going to never see her again? And like this. Like, am I ruining everything? Should I have not booked this? Should I have found a way to talk to her first? Um,
0: Wait, did she give you any reason for, like, why it was such an extreme ultimatum? Like, she was like, if you get on... I mean, to me, it seems like she was for sure gaslighting, but just in that moment, did you wonder, like, well, why? Why the whole plan was I was never coming, so why, if I leave now, would you never talk to me again?
1: Yeah, I mean, she didn't... um, have an explanation, but like in that moment is when I realized, like, oh, she doesn't actually want to go. To mm, she was just trying to, to kind of
0: control the situation.
1: Yeah, I think, and I think, it like, you know, she couldn't really, you know, I, both of us basically what we'd done is like we had fantasy fantasies in our heads, but we mm-hmm. didn't actually communicate to see is this really a fantasy or something we're really going to do? Yeah, and we both just kept proceeding as though the fantasy was a real thing. Uh huh. And. And I, I realized that, but again, you're on a plane, the door's closing in like 60 seconds and you're like, <laughs> oh my!" But the fantasy was really good <gasps> though. Like, am I, if I go and I never see her again, am I always going to regret it? But also I've already spent half my life savings at this <laughs> point. If I get off the plane, I can't get a refund and I have to spend the rest of my life savings oh my God. on another ticket to leave. And I also then can't afford like anywhere to stay and, um, so i I'm sitting there thinking about this, and then the doors start closing, and without even like my body just stood up, oh my God, and I screamed, "I'm getting off the plane!" <laughs> and everyone like turns and looks at me, like freaked out, and they look really frightened, and I'm like, "Oh, wait, in real life if people scream that." <laughs> It's, you know, something it's, wrong. Yeah, it's they're like, wrong. where did you put
0: the bomb? Yeah,
1: I'm like, I forgot what, I forgot part of it. So I'm like, I'm getting off the plane because I'm in love. And they all hear me. But now, like, the person closing the door, I'm, like, way in the back. Like, they're like, what? They don't hear what I'm saying. I'm Like, I'm getting off the plane because I'm in love. And then all these people who are frightened, they just, like, slowly look at each other. And then they're like,
0: what?
1: I guess this is what they do in the movie. Not like... In the movie, like they're just doing like sad golf clap, like, I guess this is what we're supposed to do. <laughs> I guess this is a real thing now. And I start running up to the door and she's like, Sir, you, you cannot get off this plane and I'm like, Yes I can and she's like, We um I'm like, You're gonna have to you're gonna have to leave without me She's like, Well, we can't do that because if someone gets up and screams from getting off the plane, we have to remove everyone from the plane and bring on bomb sniffing dogs to make sure oh you my didn't God. Leave a bomb, or right? Like, there's no
0: reason re- that you like I can't get beyond this plane when it blows up. There.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they're like we got to take out all the luggage. We got to like search every bag. And I'm like, but I'm in love though. <laughs> <laughs> and like security's already there, and they're like, get him off the plane. And they, then like they they wow. take me away. Then I guess after that they removed everyone else from the plane. Did
0: they actually? Wow. <laughs> yes, they did.
1: And then. <laughs> They take me to this little special office. Uh, and this guy comes in, this, uh, this officer, and he's just like, uh, so what's going on? And I'm like, I got off the plane because I'm in love. He's like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, don't you watch movies? He's like, what movies? I'm like, "I'm like, didn't you see the, the finale to Friends? He's like, oh, yeah, the, end, the last episode of Friends. I'm like, yeah, just like that. He's like, that's not a real thing. He's like <laughs> there's a there's a procedure I mean there there is no procedure for this and he's like another thing is that like you had a single entry visa you've already stamped out <laughs> you can't, out. You can't reenter the country
0: wow <laughs> and like
1: there's no way like you have to fly out to another country to get the visa oh my
0: <laughs> so god so this was the
1: stupidest thing you could have done and so he like just sit in this room and he has me sitting there for like an hour and he goes out and there's this little window. I can see like him and a bunch of other guards like arguing and talking. And I, I can see like the departures board outside and everything switching to like delayed, 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 oh my delayed. God. Like I've shut down this airport because like once one thing, go, like they're tearing apart one sure, plane. Like, everything yeah. has to be checked and everything else is canceled. And so eventually after about an hour, this guy comes back and he's like, Sigh. we checked the plane. <laughs> there's nothing wrong. Do you swear you're not doing anything weird? And I'm like, well, it's pretty weird, but I'm.
0: You're like, I came I, all this said way to doing. meet my non-girlfriend. It's pretty yeah. weird already. So, <laughs> Yep.
1: Yeah. And he's like, give me your passport. And he like, um, he's like, this is not a real thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the <laughs> protocol for is. I'm just gonna scribble this out with pen. <laughs> and right next to it, he, he wrote like, apparently the word for it self offload. That's the term for getting off the plane. Uh, His handwriting was weird at first. I thought thought it said "sexy officer," and I thought that was (laughs) his his signature. But he explains it's it's self offload. Uh He's like, "I'm just gonna give you your passport, and we'll just pretend this didn't happen. When you fly out again, just make sure you ask for me, and I'll just kind of what? I'll just let you through. And uh, and I'm like, all right. And he goes, well, and I'm like, well, what? He's like,
0: go to her. Aw Wow He's like so, Yeah that, that I feel like that character will be played by like uh the the comedic relief where they're like you yeah you go yep. to her
1: yeah Yep <laughs> Yep, some some comedian get a, a good cushy job out of that one. Nice part. <laughs> and then uh and so I run through the airport, I run out, I get a taxi, I fly across the city, I run to the call center.
0: Oh my God. She finishes
1: her call, she turns around again, she goes, Oh, you're here again <laughs> <laughs> And then I got dumped
0: god how did she dump you she just didn't uh, cut, follow Yeah, you? it wasn't
1: right it wasn't right away it was just kind of awkward conversation where she's like you didn't really leave did you i'm like yes i did and she's like oh you, no god. you made that up you wanted me to feel sorry for you and I'm, i showed her the thing i'm like it it doesn't say sexy officer it says self-offload and she's like i don't know what any of this is and then i like uh she invited me to like stay at her house with her parents because like i spent so much on this oh very expensive very terrible hotel room and she's like there was a whole other thing where like um like her parents very clearly knew what was going on but no uh-huh. one would admit that they knew it sure. and um and then there was a like i think i was there for 3 days the 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 one big weird moment was one day she was sleeping after working at the call center and her parents invited me into the kitchen and they were like, "Oh, our friend just happened to come by, who is our numerologist?" Oh. And uh, and there he—it's like this man with like the looks like, you know, the cliche of like the the yogi, like he has the the long beard with the stripe in it and orange pajamas. Orange
0: pajamas.
1: <laughs> and he's like, I don't remember what the numbers were, but he's like, pick a number, two, seven, or twelve. And I'm like, seven. And then he like talked in Hindi for like 20 minutes, like very excited, like talking about like what, like, and I can hear the word like husband and match and like, like, so they were thinking like, oh,
0: this guy must be rich because he keeps getting on plane. (laughs) So let's see, maybe Mm -hmm. she could marry him. Yeah, like, oh, let's get a numerologist in here.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, because I picked the right number, that's the only question he asked me, like, he's very excited. They like, and then they're pretending like that, like they're not, they think I can't understand them because they're speaking Hindi, not realizing that every other word is English. And then they're very excited, but then the next day she just said, like, this is this is weird. I want a normal life. Oh my uh, God. Go away.
0: But did she watch Friends? I mean, maybe I mean, you should yeah, have showed her I mean, Friends.
1: She didn't know about lobsters or anything, I guess. So.
0: <laughs> That's insane because uh, it sounds like her parents were kind of like, Leaning into well, if if this is what you want, and she was like, no, 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 I thought you would say no.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I I don't I don't know all the reasons, but I, you know, I mean, I I I get it. Like I said, we'd never even used the word girlfriend, like
0: sure, yeah,
1: or love or anything like that. So like it it was very stupid of me to just like with no communication mm-hmm. be like this is what they do in the movies like this is all every every aspect of this is life changing mm-hmm. in ways that are probably irreparable like um so I just kind of spent the rest of my money to get another last minute ticket oh my god flew back went from having like enough runway for like several years in Mexico to like broke and uh, and just went and, and lived in this house in Mexico for a while
0: wow that's that's my confession i shut down the airport really crazy story um i feel like i've learned so much about you from that um and you you say you're always positive but i'm curious like like obviously it didn't feel good to be heartbroken but like were you like upset was there any coping period of like you know like crying or were you just like well i did that thing and that's moving on (laughs) because the way you tell it is like it's such a um like what's the word like grandiose story Mm -hmm. that it's almost unbelievable but it obviously Mm -hmm. happened to you so like how did it feel like in your mind going through this yes
1: especially that that time alone in hotel room was like probably the only time I can think of that I wasn't like excitedly thinking about how am I going to turn this into a a story like especially (laughs) like I it's a story that I very rarely told and it just like that there I just felt like dead inside Mm -hmm. like I didn't feel like angry or sad I just felt like I don't know what's going on Hmm. and I just feel like like I said just dead not knowing what the next step is and flying out like I I felt really bad but like almost immediately on the flight I'm like this is a really wild story (laughs) yeah and uh like just think about the fact that I shut down an airport (laughs) like yeah and like yeah, when I flew out again I did had to have to go talk to sexy officer again and he's just like just waved me through. He's like we're not gonna talk him about what it. Happened? I get it. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't he's like looks at me like, Yep, yep, alright. That's <laughs> what I expected. Go home. <laughs> and yeah, I mean I I was you know, I it wasn't a fun flight home.
0: Uh-huh. But
1: I mean I I don't know, yeah, I think this is one of the few times in my life where I did really feel feel bad. Mm-hmm about something happening, but I mean, I just kind of, I learned from it and I, I, you know, like I said, I'm I'm married now and Mm -hmm. my wife and I, like, we actually communicate and talk about Uh things and like, we have fantasies and we're, but we'll actually talk about like, oh, this is just a fantasy or like, here's how that can apply to real life. And it's worked out all right. So I, I mean, I'm happy that it happened. You don't show up at her work with
0: roses randomly.
1: I mean, (laughs) I mean I can show up a I can show up with roses. It's just, you know, why don't we you know, I don't need to spend thousands of dollars to do it. Um so yeah, I mean I, I do you know, I'm not saying I'm against romantic gestures, just mm-hmm. uh make sure that they're what the other person wants and isn't going to create this uh, this huge impact on their life that they're expected to <laughs> you know, have a certain reaction to because I'm expecting it and like mm-hmm. it could potentially turn their life upside down.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it because I think it totally... Um, I mean, you're 26, but if you are early in your dating career, and, right? Because it sounds like you're a late bloomer. So I think it's normal to early on have those sort of grandiose ideas of what relationships are um so it's not uncommon it's just that you happen to also have a very interesting life where you're traveling a lot so you're you're going to be heightened in your gesture. Um but I think you said something that was kind of I wanted to touch on like a key point with the idea of like communicating because I think you can really like someone and have those crush feelings but really at the end of the end of the day like it didn't sound like you guys really knew each other on a deep level cuz mm-hmm. you know she didn't al- also I'll say this I'm sure some of it was cultural but it sounded like she really gaslit you and I'm sure it's, like, harder culturally for her to talk about it, but, like, it didn't sound like she handled that super well. Like, she led you on, it seems, and mm-hmm. maybe for her own gain because it was fun to flirt without realizing what the consequences of an earnest man actually showing up. So, um, yeah, it definitely it sounds like both in both situations, maybe um, you guys, like, had a different idea of what the thing was. But I think, yeah, it's not that you can't make grand gestures. it's that you make grand gestures after you know someone and know what the actual situation is,
1: yeah, know what the reason <laughs> for the grand gesture is and like have an idea of what the reaction is gonna be, yeah, you know, just like you don't you don't propose to someone unless you know what the answer is gonna be <laughs> don't fly don't fly to the other side of the world,
0: <laughs> yeah, without
1: I'm, knowing that that's actually what the person wants
0: I mean, I feel like in the same way I've been on the opposite side of that like having grown up with similar movies and TV shows and just thinking like being on the side where I expect you know this person's treating me so terribly blah 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 but like once they realize that I'm the one they'll show up in a grand gesture and it'll make it okay and I've held on to that and I've actually fallen for that before and it turns out when someone's bad to you like they're still gonna be bad grand gesture or not so once the magic wears off so I've gotten better at that now but I do think like it's those kinds of images do make us think like oh well that person's doing that thing they showed up even though you know they ignored me for a year but now they're here they moved here for me and they're saying they love me so the movies say and happily ever after so i mean i think it's mm-hmm. a it's we want to believe it i want to believe it but yeah it takes it takes kind of like doing yeah. it the hard way to be like well no n- never mind
1: yeah but most everything that they do in the the every most everything the men do in those movies like would qualify for a restraining order in real life. Oh, 100%.
0: And also in most of those movies, um, because of the story structure, which I'm sure you've thought about as well, most of them make such a grave mistake that in real life it's like, you crossed a boundary, and for that, you're out. Like... That's what it should be. But in movies we're so invested in the relationship that we're like, Yes, they cheated, but that was before they realized the truth. So mm-hmm. now it's okay. But in real life it's like, no, I think once you cross a boundary, you should just be like, All right, I'll take my lessons into the next relationship. You shouldn't really go back to someone who's like violated a boundary. But movies mm-hmm. don't work like that. Movies love to like, you know, really destroy it to build it back up.
1: Yep. We gotta <laughs> we all gotta learn to, to separate fiction from reality
0: (laughs) but you kind of still live a very like cool like storybook life so i mean obviously you've changed your view on love in some ways but it seems like you still have a very like imaginative worldview i mean how how did that like how did that did you do a 180 or did you sort of like temper it but still kind of do you still kind of do gestures or like have like kind of sweeping like ideas for how things should go in life
1: I mean, uh, the the ideas I have in life are just to like live it without planning and like let things happen. And I I, I do still live like I'm in a story. Like I, I mm-hmm. when I'm in a situation, sometimes I feel like I'm writing fiction because I'm like wit you know what I'm thinking about like what makes the best story. Not that I'm doing um, negative things because it makes a better story, but like I when I when once I get myself into trouble, mm-hmm. like. I'm I'm thinking about, it, not consciously, but like thinking about it as a plot that yeah, I'm you're character thinking, in. Yeah, you're
0: the character who needs an arc, so you're not going to avoid yeah. conflict. You're going to go headfirst into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone said, yeah. I think it's a famous writer, I can't remember who, but they said um, uh, stories happen, the best stories happen to the people who can tell them. So mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense because things happen to you, you also seek them out, but you are a good storyteller, so... There, like, I think those two are not coincidental.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of situations that I've got gone in, you know, very dangerous situations where it wasn't that I went in, you know, purposely did something dangerous, but where I did something without researching whatsoever and just said, let's see what happens. Something's going to happen. <laughs> like that, that's how I ended up in that lion situation was just because hmm. my sister invited me to, uh, to Kenya and I was just like, no spoilers! Don't tell me what's going to happen. Just tell me, just tell me what airport to fly on and what bus to get on. And that's why I was lost in the Masaimara. Mara. Um, and I've done that a lot of the places that I travel. It uh, we, we got to kind of trying to find a compromise between me and my wife now because she likes adventure, but not necessarily the type <laughs> of adventure that I get into. Um, so we need to to find that compromise. I have gotten her like stuck in a, a cocoa war at one point. Um, what? and gotten into some trouble yeah there was a a situation in peru where um we were going we were taking a trip to the amazon river and while we were on our way there was a huge war between the coca dealers and the government and like there were guns and tanks and what we didn't and we didn't this all happened while we were sleeping in the hotel halfway and then the next morning we had to like walk through the aftermath of it (gasps) and it was a whole weird thing
0: man that sounds dangerous um <laughs> i mean you i can't even like your life is just so much more interesting than mine that it really does sound like the, i know these are real things that happen to you but they, because it's like i've never been in that situation it does just sound like a story but stories are all i mean these stories that we hear and watch on tv are based in reality so you just have you've just done a sampler of a lot of them a lot more than mm-hmm. most people um yeah that's really interesting well thank you for sharing that and i think that was such a wild story i'm gonna be thinking about this for a while because i i feel like i shared similar views as you did when you were younger but i didn't have the resources to do things like that like i have shown up at someone's house in the middle of the night i've done stuff like that which is still pretty crazy but i've never um stopped a plane yet i did consider one time like in a similar fantasy relationship um where it was like long distance and this guy would just kind of like play into the fantasy and say like he invited me to a wedding of his sisters like a week before but really talk so like believably like made it feel like it was not and i kept being like yeah it's fun to play but like come on like let's ease up and he was like no i'm serious serious and i did think about what if i just bought a ticket and showed up but then i was like that that's insane but i did i could like 50/50 could have done that Um, but yeah, it is, it is wild because we want, we want to write the happy ending. And in order to get there, you're like, well, I have to like take that leap because that's what they do in the movies. And then if Mm -hmm. I didn't take the leap, then it's a no for sure. But yeah. I'm all
1: for leaps. Just, uh, just, just think about them first a little bit and think about how they affect the lives of other people.
0: Yeah. Well, that's well said. Um, yeah, I guess a part of me still likes to believe in it, but knows that it's more fun to just, um, just write it instead of actually trying to throw myself in, in front of lions. Um, well, I have a quick game before we finish. Do you want to play? Let's do it. Okay, I'm ready. cool. This is sort of inspired by um, the graphic novel that you and your wife wrote. Um, about because That's about banned books. Um, once again, it's called The Banned Book Club. And you guys can find it online when it comes out in May. So this is called These Books Were Banned by Schools. Guess what they were based on reviews from these fools. You can kind of guess what this game is about. Mm-hmm. Um, so in America, we also have a whole long list of banned books and these books tend to be the ones that we read. It's pretty weird because almost every book we read in high school was told that was told to us it was banned. It's almost like, um, it's almost like just like, uh, people saying like world's best coffee. I'm like, is it though? Like, why are we reading only banned books? Um, obviously I know that there is history there, but, uh, these are all books that you recognize from high school reading lists. Maybe there's a few children's books in here but the game is simple i'm going to read a few reviews um i'll read uh i'll start by reading one and then if you need another clue they get they get more informative as they go and just have to guess what the banned book was how's your knowledge of banned books i'm guessing pretty good
1: we'll find out (laughs) i don't know it's been a while
0: all right here's the first one um these are all pretty uh, i think you'll know these okay this first one is the review by sadia says dnf which is did not finish uh did not finish with about four or five chapters left kept hoping something would redeem the book but alas mindlessly watching youtube vids would have been a far better use of my time i'm gonna read another one because that's very vague okay here's the second one by Atenwa emmanuel same book My world, what an incredibly boring book this is. I ran out of expletives reading this book. A solid 0.5 rating for me. There are a generation of people who enjoy this book. Shudders. I read this book for nearly two years. I could have had children and still be reading it, but absolutely need to put myself out of this torture. God, I will dance in fire over and over again before attempting to read this book again.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to guess the the standard uh, banned book with a lot of expletives is typically Catcher in the Rye.
0: Ooh, close, but uh, not quite. Okay, here's the final review. See if you can get it from this. Got this book for my 12-year-old son to read. Felt uneasy with all the un-PC language, so we stopped reading. No wonder his school took it off their list of books to read. Maybe we'll pick it back up when he's older. You're on the right track. It's the
1: uh, Huckleberry Finn?
0: Yes, correct. Huckleberry Finn right. or Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Yeah, I remember reading that and having no context for all the bad words used. So I didn't think anything of it. And now I think it would make me as a parent uncomfortable. Um, well, I'm not a parent, but if I were, because now I have all this context. So it's tricky because I'm glad that I learned it. It's good education, but I can see why adults have their own hangups because adults think about too many things. Anyways.
1: Yeah, well, there, there are multiple uh, different re-releases of that book where they've replaced yes. the offending word with other words. Including yeah. one where they replaced it with robots. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I saw that when I was looking up reviews. Yeah. Well, well, we won't get into that conversation. I feel like that's a long conversation. Okay, here's another one. Um, okay, here's the first review. These books terrify me. They are badly written and they have plots that don't make sense. Read Artemis Fowl instead. Please! Exclamation point.
1: The Harry Potter?
0: Yes! Good job, right. you got that one. Um, I do want to read one more of their reviews because I think these are funny. Um, it says, uh, "Didn't like the first one at all. Found it utter garbage. People told me I should read the last one, but it was better. That it was better written, more mature. Tried it. Nope, still garbage. Shame. People really going after successful books. What's the point? You think someone's really going to read your review and not buy Harry Potter? Witchcraft. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. Here's one. Let's see if you could, this one's a little harder, but it's a children's book. Ordered because of all the high reviews, but found the story very morbid and scary for my young grandchildren. What a horrible story for little children. Do not recommend.
1: Hmm. Uh, Where the Wild Things Are. Good guess, but head. not
0: quite. Here's a second review for the same book. Perfect for giving your small child nightmares and anxiety about being trapped, immobile for all eternity. <laughs>
1: trapped in a mobile um that makes me think of sleeping beauty but that's not a banned book
0: okay here's your final Um, review let's see if you can get it from this i bought this book sight unseen because it was on my son's reading list for kindergarten i about cried the first time i read it it is very sad it's about a boy okay this will give it away but i'm gonna read it anyways it's about a boy who gets a magic pebble and he can get whatever he wishes and he accidentally turns into a rock. His parents can't find him and mourn his loss. The circumstances happen that he turns back into himself like a year later. Thought it was very weird and we will likely donate this book to the local library. Did not like it at all. Do you remember I this book? guess I didn't book? read
1: this book. No. It's
0: called Sylvester and the Magic Pebble. I all remember right. this book and I don't remember it being this scary. Again, adults projecting your baggage and trauma onto kids. I don't mm-hmm. think that this was scary for kids. I think it's just a whimsical story about a magic pebble. But as an adult, you're like, oh, when my parents ignore me and abandon me, it's sad. Which it is, but I don't think that's what the book's about. Um, mm. Well, the final one you already guessed is Catching the Rise, so I'm not going to do that one. But uh, we'll just give that point to you since you all right. You already got that. So you win the game, Ryan. And for winning, you can tell the listeners where to find you.
1: Uh, well, you can find everything on ryanestrada.com. A lot of comics you can read free there. All my socials are there. But you can also follow me at Ryan Estrada on uh, Twitter. And uh, all the all the links are, are easy to access at RyanEstrada.com.
0: Yeah, go check out his comic books. Aki Alliance uh, is ava- It's online, right? You can read the whole thing or go buy mm-hmm. it. Um, I really enjoyed it because it reminded me of how I was doing too many activities in high school. So she's a fun heroine. And yeah, that's Mm -hmm. it. You can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and follow me at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you.